I'm coming in hot. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Yeah, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Just like the fajita. Like the fajita. I write what I live. Write what I live. My life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Nice with the Just like the demeanor. Woo is right. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Welcome back to LOTL, episode 59. We are back here live from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, it is Thursday night, May it's the 23rd, right? 23rd. 23rd. Welcome the back, year guys. Of our Lord. Okay, it's not a year. <laughs> anyway. Um, Welcome back, guys. Appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, I am Dan, here with Jordan, who's back from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What up? And back with us after a several-week layoff, but back again is our good buddy, Steve. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. How you doing? Fantastic. Jordan, what's going on, man? Hey, not too much, you know. Uh, I got a, a break, you know, this past week, but... I'll talk about it more later. It was kind of a tiresome trip. It was fun, but it wasn't. It was one of those weird vacations where you feel like you didn't rest, if that makes sense. And I'll explain a little bit more about that later. But uh, yeah, it was fun though. I had a good time, and it's been a great week so far at work. So drinking yeah. a little too much beer in Milwaukee, huh? You know, again, it, it's yes and no. You'll see. You'll see. I'll, I'll explain it. I want to save it for cheese curds. Uh, I had a few of those. They yeah. were intense. Um, yeah. Uh, so I heard. Yeah, no, it's. I have some interesting things to say about the beer in Milwaukee, and it, I don't mean it. You know, it, it's. You'll see. I'll, I'll. I'll save my thunder for them. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jimmy is once again MIA. Uh, he has some things to attend to down at school before he officially goes on summer break. So uh, I got the word from him that he will be back next week. So we're gonna hold him to that. Uh oh. If he's not, then I. I I, I, I don't know what we'll do. I don't know what we can do. But, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. He's a young buck. But, anyways, yeah, that's where Jimmy buck. is. And then, uh, speaking of beer, like Jordan did, uh, we've got a beer of the week this week. Jordan, what do we got? So, we got crack that thing open. Let's, let's crack it open. And I'm really excited about this. Uh, this is from one of our favorite breweries, um, Noble Beast Brewing in uh, Lakeside Avenue downtown. Um... So, it's a weird beer, and I'm going to actually, I'm probably not going to pronounce it right, because I don't even know how it would be pronounced. So, it is called Kvek, or Vek, or something. I think it's Kvek, or Vik on me. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, it's probably a joke that I don't get. Yeah, I don't know. It's called a Norwegian Blonde Ale. Uh, and, yeah, so it's one of their, wow, I'm spilling it. It's one of their newer beers that they just released this past uh, week. And I tried it today, and it has a real distinct flavor. And I apparently forgot how to pour beer. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna make fun uh, of you, but uh, then uh, I remembered the way I poured beer. A I do remember ago. that. I gotta go get a napkin. I'll yeah, that's back. why. That's why I'm not going to uh, <laughs> make fun of Jordan for uh, pouring beer. So I didn't uh, realize I was in the splash zone over here. Yeah. So for those who uh, have no idea what I'm talking about, and only like two people do, uh, I apparently thought pouring a beer was like pouring water. So I just. I went from one glass to another and just poured it in as water, and it just foamed and overflowed everywhere. Here's the thing, though. I feel like I feel like you know how to pour beer. 
I do. I just had a yeah. giant brain fart. Yeah, it was kind of funny because like it was one of those moments where you're doing it and like you're just kind of like, oh, he's <laughs> he's gonna do that, yeah. and he did, and, and I it did. It was really funny. Yeah, yeah I don't um, need a drink, and I've watched enough bar rescue to know you know how to pour one kind of. Well, so. we both know how to pour a good beer. I don't know yeah. what I just did right now, and then I'm not sure what Dan was doing, and I don't know why this keeps spilling down. The Give side. me that thing. There's yours. You can uh, fill yours up. Danke. So, yeah, anyways, um, <clears throat> real quick. Sorry about that. Uh, <clears throat> they, I'm just going to read the description um, online. It's a Norwegian blonde ale brewed with malted rye and wheat, fermented with kvek yeast. I, again, I don't know how to pronounce that word. A unique <clears throat> Norwegian farmhouse yeast and dry hopped with... It's got to be like the city in Norway. That yeah, something, something like that. And dry, with, dry hopped with mandarina Bavaria. Again, these are terms I don't know. Soft Bavaria? Bavaria, yeah. That's Germany. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce European words. Uh, (laughs) Soft citrus tea, red berries, and young hay blend with a subtle tartness and balance. Bro, it's got that young hay. It's got that hay. What do you you know about that hay beer? Um, Anyway, so... So so white. I'm so white. So we... uh, I almost got their wheat. We've had their Evil Motives IPA. We love their size on. We also love their potato uh, beer. But I figured we'd try something different. It's their newest beer, and it had a really unique flavor. And I, he described it as like a summer beer. Hmm. So I thought that'd be perfect. It looks that way. Yeah. Yeah. Got Steve, good, you want some? Got a good smell. Ha <laughs> ha. Steve uh, doesn't drink beer. Honestly, not to be weird, but like it has a good scent. You know, some beer doesn't smell good. Like this actually does smell really good. How is its essence? How would you say its Let essence? Let me think is? of the essence. The essence is very, very summery. In a Norwegian art festival. That's the vibe, in essence. Uh, yeah, so. Awesome. I Let's try it right now. It's got a, it, it, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it I'm is interesting. Fan. Not bad. It's one of those ones where I feel like I would only be able to have one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, got, it's got a real bite to it. I, I feel like I could have a good amount of these, but I feel like it's, what's the percentage? It's, it's. Somewhat high. Oh, it's only five and five and a half percent, so it's not crazy. It's weak. Yeah, it's <laughs> weak. It's uh, definitely not as. It's not heavy though. It just has a strong flavor. I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if the name of the beer is a take off of that eighty song "Take on Me." Oh, that's exactly what it is. But no, that's exact. No, no, no. That's exactly what it is. Dan nailed it. That's exactly what the no, reference is. Yeah, about. because they even describe it as eighties, an eighties vibe. What up? Yeah, self five. That is that's really funny. Bernie Stinson wow. style. All right, so that's uh, it's the beer of the week this week. Uh, check it out at your local neighborhood friendly Noble Beast Brewing Company, which is <laughs> not in a them. neighborhood. It's downtown, <laughs> fourteen seventy Lakeside Avenue. Get there. There you go. That's right. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't been there, it's a great spot. They have a kitchen, a full-service kitchen. They have great Ooh, very food there. Very good food, too. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of breweries don't have food. So. Right. Uh, but Noble Beast actually is a uh, has a really good kitchen with really good food. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, they have a patio, like a little pat- sliver patio in the back, and then the front in the summertime they open up a big garage door uh, to let the breeze come in off the lake. It's actually really nice. Yeah, I would say the it's one of the better breweries in Cleveland. It's very small, but it's one of the better ones. And uh, the food is by far one of the top in the city as far as the food goes. Yeah. All right, so let's get into uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, 
check out uh, us on social media at the LOTL podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I would say check out our website, but that's currently under construction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, we're having a hosting issue that we're trying to figure out. So uh, go to our website. You won't be able to see anything, but uh, hopefully it'll be back up soon. Um, Steve's got a series of uh, posts that we're going to be putting on the website. Uh, we're going to preview the first one tonight, which is has to do with uh, – one of Steve's biggest passions, and that's running and marathons, and we're going to talk about the Cleveland Marathon a little bit. Uh, so we'll do that in a little bit here. Um, we've got our top five of the week, our poll of the week, top five. Since you know we said Jordan went to Milwaukee this past weekend, we're going to give our top five Midwestern cities that we've visited. Uh, so we'll go through those lists and uh, um, kind of talk about which, where, and why they are on our list. Uh, our poll of the week uh, so the Browns have been named the host city for the 2021 NFL draft. Um, so we wanted to know, are you going to go or are you going to avoid, avoid downtown like the plague because of how busy it's going to be? So that's our poll of the week. We'll get the results a little bit later and then we'll give our opinions and thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk some sports. I don't know really how much I want to talk about the Indians because they're an absolute dumpster fire right now. So, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, as I said for the poll of the week, we're going to get into the Brown or not the Brown. Well, the Browns and the city of Cleveland hosting the 2021 NFL draft, which is in two years. Uh, we'll kind of go, they haven't really announced where downtown the draft is going to be held. Uh, so we'll kind of go through maybe some, uh, some spots that we think it might be best to, to be, uh, centralized, I guess. I mean, it's going to be all through downtown with the amount of people, but Kind of like where the stage and everything will be set up and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, we will talk some Cavs. Uh, Hannah and I talked about this last week, but uh, since Jordan is back, uh, the Cavs, and Steve is a huge Cavs fan, Cavs have hired John Beeline as head coach, uh, the former Michigan coach. So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get uh, Jordan and Steve's opinions on that, and then uh, we'll kind of go through a little bit the upcoming draft. The Cavs hold the number five and the 26th pick in the first round, so... Uh, we will talk about that. Uh, then we are going to get a lowdown on Milwaukee, Wisconsin versus Cleveland, Ohio from Ooh. from Jordan. He's going to go through his trip uh, this past weekend, kind of the spots he hit, um, and how Milwaukee as a city relates to Cleveland, and uh, for better or worse. So we'll get into that. And then we've got a couple events uh, to talk about. Uh, one that we've previewed for a couple weeks now, and uh, one that we uh, talked about with Hannah last week, and then one that's new that relates to our beer this week. So uh, we'll get into that. So let us dive in. So let's talk about our top five Midwestern cities. Now these are cities that you have visited before. So you can't just say like a city that you think you can't just cool. say Gary, Indiana, or something like that if you've never been there. Which maybe because everyone's maybe all of us have been Gary. Indiana. I mean, we could have driven through it. I don't know. I'm but, just being silly. You know. <laughs> so who wants to go I can't first? Can't help but think about the mu- the Music Man uh, whenever I hear Gary, Indiana. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. Um, um, okay, Steve, you want to go first? You're our esteemed guest. Yeah, I will. I will lead off here. Okay. Um, we'll start at number five. I'm going to say Lexington, Kentucky. Which okay. is you know, a mid-sized to smaller-sized city actually. Um, it's it, 
it's, it's a great community. Um, University of Kentucky is there, obviously, which is a huge draw. You've got people from around the world. It's very diverse, unlike most parts of Kentucky, and it's really cheap for uh, standards of living and, and supposedly has great schools in addition to the university. So um, that gives pretty high marks for me. I've, I've heard a lot about that. I, mean, I can't, I've, I've driven through it. I've just never, like, actually, yeah. you know, explored it. Um, I mean, University of Kentucky is one of the biggest universities mm-hmm. in, this, in the country. It, it is. I mean, if you want just just want to talk athletics, they have one of the best basketball programs, and they have a resurgent football program. They last do, couple actually. years, they've, they've been, been in the top twenty-five the last few years. Yeah. So, um, number four, I have Indianapolis. Mm. Indianapolis is a city that has uh, transformed quite a bit in the last ten years. Uh, a lot of that freaking love has to go. Uh, the house that Peyton built, Lucas Oil Stadium, yep. being one of the focal points. Um, the NFL holds a combine there every year. Yeah, they've held Super Bowls. It's a city where almost everything is essentially located: restaurants, hotels, shopping. Uh, they, they've done a really, really good job. Hmm. It's a very clean city area. too. Yes. Is it modern or a lot of old restored stuff? I would or? say it's more modern. It's more, more modern. modern. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, number three. This is getting on the fringes of the geography, and it's a little bit one that you might not think about. But I'm going with Oklahoma City. Oh, I think that okay. Oklahoma City is actually a, a surprisingly vibrant place. Uh, a lot of that has has transformed not ever since the Oklahoma City Thunder came to be, um, but uh, they actually have a, a little nice river walk in downtown, kind of similar to the one in, they have in San Antonio. Um, some of the buildings, some of the skyscrapers there, like Devon Energy Tower, are these like beautiful glass buildings that, are, that have hmm. got to be somewhat new. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's pretty cool stuff. Um, Shout out to uh, some of the folks down there right now. They've actually been dealing with tornadoes and flash flooding the last few days. Yeah, um, that's an unfortunate drawback and why I wouldn't put them higher on the list. But um, yeah, Oklahoma City's got a lot to like. Um, at number two, I'm going to go with Columbus. I think Columbus is a thriving uh, educational uh, business community. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a major hub for insurance, banking, financial services. Um, you got you got great sports. Obviously, Ohio State University, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, who seem to be in the ascendancy uh, in the NHL. Um, hell, even crew games are fun to go to. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've been to be, Mount for a few times the last yeah, few years. They'll, they'll be they'll be breaking ground on their new stadium soon. Yes, they will. In fact, the very first article I wrote for LTL was about that exact yeah. situation, and that'll be really cool because they're going to turn that into a whole like district down there. Uh, in and around the stadium with yeah. shop, shopping and, and restaurants. It's going to already be put in what's already a pretty developed area, right? It's, it's going to be near the stadium district or not? So, yeah, so it, it's going to be basic. It's right between off the highway. The divi- between the arena district and the uh, Scioto River. Oh, okay. It's going to be right yeah, next yeah. to um, Huntington Field where the Clippers play, or Huntington Park. Yes. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a cool yeah. area. Columbus, that, Columbus, yeah, I mean, Columbus is booming right now. That that will bring a lot of they value. have they have a they have a really yeah. underrated and uh, developing uh, beer and brewery scene. Oh, their beer and brewery scene is really good. You walk all over Short North or German Village or some yeah, of these other yeah, areas. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. It's it's just I mean, little hole in the wall places where you can do get you great remember, food too. Do you remember the name of that place we went to when we went to the USA Mexico game? Oh my gosh! That, yeah, that, that hole in the wall burger joint. I was in friggin' German Village too. It was right down the street from where my cousins live. I can't. Then we we met Steyerwald down yeah, there. Yeah. Right? Some German American folks opened that place. I can't. I'll be darned if I can remember the name of it though. But the the burgers, like yes, good burgers. best burger I've ever had. Oh really? It, like how, are you being phenomenal, serious? Yeah, Jordan. Incredible. Yeah. 
Wow. Like they're they're like big. Like interesting. Big Dude. No big gourmet burgers, like not like fast food. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I say, right. hole in the wall. So you think, oh, they've got like you know sloppy you know, bar food. These are it's, fantastic, really well made food. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be burgers or steaks, like if you're looking for like beef yeah. consumption, I tell you, <laughs> Columbus is like the number one. It could be the number one city in the whole country. Yeah. I mean, there are so many prime steakhouses, not only downtown, but if you go to yeah. places like Dublin or Westerville or somewhere else, it's like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Interesting. But anyway, uh, that's number two. And number one, this is a city that I just recently visited back in January. Um, say what you want about the climate. The climate is pretty horrible at times, but it is a city that has an incredible business community like Columbus. I know It's a city with lots of parks. It has lots of great sports. Mm. Uh, I swear to God, most people there are probably loaded. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh, I, I've always I wondered if that's a think cool city. It's very. If I ever move out of Cleveland, it's it's possible. Might I be Minneapolis. I, I'm serious. Yeah. They, there's it's, very it's little. It's bigger not than to like people there. think it is, right? Other it than is. The, other than the climate, you have yeah, about as Minneapolis, cool. St. Paul metro area has about four and a half million people. Oh, yeah, that's definitely bigger than Cleveland. Yeah. yeah wow. Okay. Where Cleveland's about what? Two million. Two and a half million two and a half metro. Million. I mean, it would be well, it would be yeah, over I three if, if they count the Akron census doesn't Canton. count Akron for some right, reason. Right, but if which you did, it would get to three. Nonsense. Yeah, it gets to three yeah. million. But yeah, huh. um, yeah, I feel like Minneapolis, in terms of economy and in terms of like social stature, it's almost like the businesses combined are more like Cleveland because they're much bigger into healthcare, but the social strata is more like Columbus in in terms of the, okay. the demographics yeah. and in terms of the just the way the city's laid out. Um, yeah, not, nothing not to like there. Except for in January. Although, January I got to go cross-country skiing for the first time, so that was cool. There you go. Cool. All right, so that's Steve's top five. Wow. There's one city on there that wasn't on there that I can't believe. I'm not going to say uh, yet because I, I guarantee I you it's on mine yeah. and Jordan's I, list. I, 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 All right. I think I know which one you're talking about. Uh, Jordan, you want to go next? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um... The last few years, I've actually made it uh, a, a like a plan of mine to hit up new Midwestern cities that are drivable distance. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun to do that. Uh, number five for me, you're all going to hate it. Don't care. Detroit. Uh, Detroit. Uh, I, uh, I really like Detroit. Part of this is because I've lived there for a bit. Um, but I think it actually has a lot of cool areas. So you can't look at Detroit based off of the city itself. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> a few minutes. Just a few seconds too late. You can't look at Detroit based off of its like city because you'll be a little disappointed. It's getting better in the downtown area, but it's one of the worst downtowns I've ever been to. Or its smell. Yeah. It, oh, it definitely, yeah, it smells pretty bad. There was a point about eight years ago where downtown was probably the worst place in America I've ever seen in my life. Like in the U.S. I've never seen such a a wrecked out and devastated area. I mean that seriously. I'm not trying to be funny. Like it was bad. However, since then, this is an interesting sales pitch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, since then, well, I'm just talking about just downtown. Since well, actually, then, the downtown um, area has has gotten a lot better. And um, and it's funny. Uh, Cavs owner Dan Gilbert is a big part of that. Oh yeah, yeah. I he, mean, he's, absolutely. He's from the Detroit right. area, but. Quicken Loans was in Livonia, which yeah. is out in the western suburbs. Well, and he here's really the thing. moved that so, downtown. So when I say, yeah. so you might be thinking, well, why am I saying Detroit? Okay, so first of all, the, the downtown area is, is growing and it looks a lot nicer. So I have it looks like it's going to get somewhere soon. Uh, the suburbs in Detroit are amazing. 
uh, they're, they're so great. Royal Oak, Ferndale, uh, even Dearborn, and uh, you know, play, uh, Royal Oak. I already said Royal Oak. Farmington Places, Hills, uh, Farmington yeah. Hills. Yep, yep, yep. Those are those are all great suburbs, um, and there's a lot of fun parts of town, uh, and a lot of fun things to do. And uh, so yeah, I, I I have a soft spot for Detroit, so I put them at number five. Uh, number four, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I visited here for a weekend when I lived in Iowa, and I was shocked at how cool Kansas City is. It is a real fun. It's a mix of modern and restored factory look. Um, lots of places to eat and, and drink. And, you know, they have pro sports. The only downfall about Kansas City sports is the Royals and the Chiefs play like 30, almost 30 minutes outside the city. And they play in Independence. Yeah, there's literally nothing around. Yeah, they, play, they play on giant... Uh, yeah pavement parking yeah parking that's lots. literally all there's no bars there's nothing yeah. there's literally nothing not even a dive bar like, i it's hate just, it when yeah. cities do that no it's that's bad i would say that's one of the worst examples it i've just ever doesn't seen contribute to any economic development it makes no it's, sense yeah yeah i saw the mexican national team play ecuador there in a friendly but anyways um the rest of the city's great though it's a beautiful city it's it's interesting it's got hills like in the downtown so I, I was impressed. The art museum was great. Like it, it was, it was a great city. Um, number three is Columbus. Uh, you already kind of explained a lot of why Columbus is so great. But first of all, when I visited there more extensively this year, I was blown away how big it was. I guess I didn't realize how big Columbus was. Uh, and they have a great brewery scene, an incredible brewery scene, and I can't wait to explore it more in the future. Um, I, I, I like Columbus a lot. It's, it's a good city. Number two is Chicago. Um, I It's hard to not include Chicago on this list. It's an it's a impressive city. has one of the best skylines in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much to do. There's really something for everyone. If you're into art, there's that. If you're into museums in general, there's that. If you want shopping, they got it. If you want little neighborhood bar districts, if you, if you love baseball i mean you name it they have it they have one of the most iconic baseball neighborhoods in the in the world really wrigleyville um, yeah wrigleyville um so i visited there many times i'm never the only downside is you're paying for big city prices and not just oh, like yeah. downtown prices big city downtown it's prices. very expensive so Chicago. you'll be looking at seven to eight dollars a beer in most places which is ridiculous but right. uh still a fun city number one grand rapids uh I call Grand Rapids the Austin of the Midwest. I think everybody needs to go to Grand Rapids. It is a awesome city. It's not very big, so it's very manageable. Uh, it's got a really cool downtown, and I, the beer scene is one of the best I've ever seen, and it's not even that big of a city. It's shocking how good the beer... They call themselves Beer City USA. Um, you know, Bell's and... Is near. It's nearby. It's not actually in Grand Rapids, but uh, New oh, Holland there's... has a branch out there. Grand uh, Founders is there, so they have a lot of really famous bre- brewing breweries there. Uh, but not just breweries. The food is great. They have art. It's an art city. They have one of the. They have an international art festival called Art Prize that is really cool. If you are remotely into art or just like festivals, hit it up. It, it's it's so much fun. Uh, I could go to Grand Rapids multiple times a year and i do actually sometimes because my best one of my best friends uh david lives there so um 
and so I go there a lot for that too. But it's a great city. I have actually been to Bells. It is in Kalamazoo. Yeah, Bells is in Kalamazoo, which is also a cool city. But they're not that far from each other. So like, if you wanted to do like a big brewery tour in Michigan, you could totally hit both up in a weekend. Yeah. I just like Kal. I just like the name Kalamazoo. <laughs> Kalamazoo. I hate the university that's there. But yeah, Western Michigan. Is that Western? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Hard pass. <laughs> that's funny. hard pass. Um, all right. So that's Jordan's top five. Yeah. So mine now. All right. Uh, I'm starting off right off the bat here is kind of a weird one, uh, but I'll explain why. Okay. So my number five, like you said, Kansas City, Missouri. Mine is actually Columbia, Missouri. Oh, okay. And I say that because that's where the University of Missouri is uh, located. Oh, I've okay. been there because when I worked, when I was in school, we played at Missouri one year, and I was able to go on the trip. Oh. And Columbia, Missouri is like a big bowling green. Hmm. It's a small, like it's a small, like it's not a big city. You're going to get no big buildings, nothing like that. Right, right. It's a college town. The bars are down like one street, basically. I, I mean, it's got that, it's got that like, like 50s Americana city feel. Like you just walk, you're just, you know, walking outside everywhere. So it's everywhere. more, it's more the, uh, like the false front yeah like downtown kind of a yeah. thing okay okay yeah yeah and um bunch of like like not not very many like uh uh i thought you were just driving a golf green there for a second yeah no <laughs> not not very many uh like uh corporate like restaurants or bars or anything most of it's like mom and pop uh type shops and yeah mom and pop type uh bars and restaurants and stuff like that so it's really cool and, uh, I didn't know University of Missouri was there. Yeah, so it's uh, and and I love absolutely love the campus of Missouri. Driving through it uh, when we got there, and then the, the football stadium is great too. Amazing environment. So uh, is it big? That's my how favorite. big is the football stadium? Uh, about sixty thousand seats. Yeah, it's it's pretty spread out, so it's not like the the fans aren't like right on top of you. Uh, oh yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it still gets loud. Um, so, so there's that, uh, number four, you guys both mentioned it, Columbus. Um, you guys pretty much covered everything. I don't really have to um, say anymore. Um, I'm really excited for the new Columbus crew stadium and, uh, with the Haslam's taking over, uh, I think you're going to see more Cleveland Columbus connections, especially with the sports teams. I think that's really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would love to see. I would love to see, like, while they're building the new stadium, to see the crew come up and play a couple games at Brown oh, Stadium. that would be really nice. Um, do stuff like that sweet. over the next couple There's years. There's a lot of crew fans here. And given yeah. that the U.S. national team has played at First Energy Stadium before, and they will again on uh, June 22nd as well in the Gold, Gold, Gold Cup, Cup. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that that's an easy thing for them to do. They're playing Nicaragua? I, playing? Uh, Trinidad. Oh, Trinidad, that's right. The team that knocked us out of the World oh Cup a couple of they, years ago. They, 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 no, they knocked, they knocked themselves out. They're going to be. need to talk about that again. Then. Hopefully, our guys are going for like six 0 or something. Yeah, they, like that. yeah, they, they knocked was, themselves out of the World uh, Cup because they were an absolute trash bag. That, that was that might have been yeah. the worst United USA team I've ever seen, and I saw them uh, in the '98 World Cup. It was well '98. They lost every game. They lost yeah, but, but no, they won. No, they lost to Iran. 
Oh, yeah, you're sorry, right. You need no, to know. they did. 90, 94, they, did. they made it to the I was qu- thinking quarterfinals. I was thinking in 90. They no, no, lost in round of 16 to Brazil. 2002, they made it to the quarterfinals. Oh, two, yes. To okay. Germany. They lost to Germany in the right. quarterfinals. Right. 94 is when we hosted it. Yeah. You're right. 98 was bad. I have a 25-year-old bottle of Coca-Cola that's still in my room that my uncle got me for Oh, really? The U.S. played in Boston. That's cool. But anyway, off the tracks here. <laughs> uh, that's number four. Um, yeah. Just love Columbus. Love the the campus and then the downtown area and everything that goes along with it. Number three, it was in Steve's list, Indianapolis. I absolutely love Indianapolis. I just love the way that the city's set up. Um, everything that's a, like like how you said in Kansas City, how the stadiums are just kind of like out of. Right. Well, like Lucas Oil Field where the Colts play is literally right in the heart of downtown. Oh, nice. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. So I love Indianapolis. It's clean. The restaurants are great. They have decent bars. Um but, yeah, I just love the way the city looks as well. Number two for me, and uh, I don't know. You guys might give me crap for this, but Steve had Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky in his top five. I have Nashville, Tennessee in my top five. Mm. Is that a, yeah, is that a, is I, that a mid- I feel like it's not Midwestern, but... I mean, know. he put Lexington, Kentucky in his. Well, see, I didn't know he had Lexington, Kentucky in his, but... Kentucky at least was a border state, whereas Tennessee was part of the Confederacy. So Dan's on a little shaky ground. That's right, But if he wants to include it, all good. Well, wait, so technically it wasn't Missouri. Oklahoma City. That was Missouri Confederate or Union? I can't remember. Missouri Uh, was a border state. Oh, yeah, it was one of those those neutrals, right? Anyway, well, I have Nashville on my list, and I'm going to put it on my list anyway because it's an absolutely fantastic city. Um, love Nashville. Been there a couple times. Went with Steve actually, like, what was that, four years ago now? Three and a half years ago? Yeah, something like that. I think it was 2014. 15. Or 2015. Yeah, it was August 2015, late August. Um, we went to Nashville. Uh, BG played the University of Tennessee at, uh, what is that stadium called? What was now? then LP Field is now Nissan Stadium. There you go, Nissan Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, where the Titans play. So we went to a game there. And then we weren't, that time, we weren't able to really go and. Uh, check out the city, but I have been to Nashville before. Checked out the city; I, it's just like amazing. There's, there's live music and like, I have, great food and barbecue I, like everywhere. I spent a week in Nashville <laughs> for uh, training for an intern program I was in. Oh my goodness, oh. that is one of the coolest cities in oh, America. Yeah. That yeah, Nashville's amazing. Was a and just keeps getting better. Oh yeah, I know. And I and they put on a great. I, uh, Great show for um, for the NFL draft. Well, yes, and I tell you what, like that's a city where you could visit like five times and find a new part of town that you like each time. And I was blown away. I've never been really super into local live music. Like I just don't care. Like it doesn't do anything for me really. Yeah. But some of the random country singers that were performing in like the country strip, what's that? What's that called? Like it. it it, they call it. They make it's like the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, oh, exactly the, the street the you're street. talking about. It's but. the famous street. Um, oh, why am I forgetting that? But anyways, some of those random country singers were so talented and so good, and it's really cool because like so much music talent develops out of there. Yeah, well, it's but, a and, it's yeah. a country capital of the world. Yeah, the, well, yeah. The the, well, music. I think it's like just recording studios. It doesn't have to be country, but yeah, it is the country capital. Yes. Right. But 
Oh, man, what a cool city. Oh, the hot chicken, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that man, is... I have been jonesing for some Nashville hot chicken. Uh, KFC has it sometimes. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> care. I don't want that. <laughs> I do want to go to Ohio City Galley because they have... Uh, yeah, I heard they have a hot chicken place. Yeah, there's this place called Sauce the City, and they have apparently a hot chicken sandwich that's amazing. Oh, yeah? And I've been looking up... Uh... <laughs> okay. Oh, e- easy, Alex. Um, so... Yeah, uh, that's number two. Number one for me, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how this wasn't in your list, Steve. Chicago. The only reason Chicago's not in my list is because I've never been there. Oh, that's wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh god, are you serious? That's why. Yeah, I didn't know that. <coughs> it's hard to believe. I've been to like thirty states, but Illinois is not one of them. Yeah, Illinois well, I mean, is dri- a I, well, terrible. No, you've driven state. through Illinois. No, I haven't. Really? Uh, okay, I have transited through Chicago Midway Airport. So technically, I've been on the ground, but I, oh. I didn't get out of the airport. So I don't yeah, count. You won't count, count No, that. that makes sense, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Chicago for me is number one. I mean, to me, it's a big Cleveland. Oh, that's a really, really weird way to describe it. Well, because it's... They're... I mean, in like the 20s, they were competing, but... Uh, that, I'm not saying they're competing. It's a big Cleveland. Like, it's bigger. I guess explain. I'm a little confused why you say it's a big Cleveland. I just I, I just think uh, geographically, it's. The, I mean, they're both Midwestern cities. Yes. Geographically, they're similar. They're both on lakes, right yes. on lakes. Uh, they both have a river going through the middle of it. So there's a lot of similarities. Just Chicago is on a much, much, much bigger scale with a lot more people. It, both cities are very well known for their food uh, their food scenes. True. Um, I would actually say that Cleveland's actually a better beer market. So, for how big Cleveland is, I would have to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Per capita. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They have Chicago has like five times the amount of breweries, but right. But they kind of get lost in the shuffle. Like you don't really hear often. Oh yeah, the Chicago brewery. Like there are famous Chicago breweries. Yeah. But I mean, Great Lakes alone. Stands head yeah, and shoulders I, above most. Yeah, I, Chicago, like I said, it's just, it's yeah. bigger, so the volume is bigger. But I think yeah. quality and the amount per, per like I don't know how you quantify it, square mile or whatever. Um, no, is I, bigger. I, yeah, I. That's a weird comparison, but I see what you're saying. Um, it is interesting historically they've been tied together a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, just their proximity and, yeah. like, just the physical features of it. It is oddly close to Cleveland, yeah. if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, they're both considered to be uh, blue-collar, hard-working, you know, class people cities. Right. Chicago's just a lot bigger. And and thankfully, since we live in Cleveland, Chicago's a lot more expensive. The tolls in Chicago are oh. some of the worst things ever invented by mankind. Yeah. So that's our top five. Uh, yeah. We really went through that, so uh, let we us know. We did spend an odd, a lot of odd amount of time. It was good though, yeah. It was good though. Um, I I enjoyed going through our list. Yeah, no, that was a fun. That it. was a good topic. That was that was a good one. All right, so um, let's kind of get into let's get into our poll of the week, which will kind of be our. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's not do that first. Let's since we just talked about our favorite Midwestern cities, Jordan. You kind of want to talk about your trip this weekend. Yeah. And, and kind of go through so, yeah, what yeah. you think of Milwaukee as it relates to Cleveland. So I <laughs> I kind of hate that you just compare Cleveland to Chicago because I was just about to do the same for Milwaukee. Um, I, 
I look at Milwaukee, the base idea of Milwaukee. It's on the lake. It's not that big. It's very post-industrial. The same as it's like Cleveland. That's all the same. Uh, so, you know, aesthetically, you know, they look very similar. Cleveland has taller towers, which is kind of cool. So it looks more impressive. And Cleveland is bigger. I, I do believe it's bigger, I think. Boy, now I'm going to put myself on the well, spot here. Uh, definitely the metropolitan area is probably Oh, bigger. no, the metro area is definitely bigger. Uh, I'm just talking about just the city itself. I think even that's bigger. But there's a lot of similarities between the two, I would say. Um, however, they're so different. Uh, I was expecting it to be just a, an alternate Cleveland, and it really isn't. It's one of those superficial similarities. Uh, you know, they have a great, a big beer scene, and that's one of the reasons why we went there, me and my buddy and Teresa. We wanted to kind of explore that and, and compare it and see what it's like. So for, for first impressions is Milwaukee is a very weird city. I don't mean that in a mean way necessarily. It's just one of those odd cities. Austin's weird. Portland's weird. Milwaukee's weird. That's yeah. the, it's just an odd city. Like the, the, the neighborhoods are so distinct and segregated, both racially and just visually. Like you'll be in one neighborhood and it's like all punk rockers. And then you literally turn the next street and it's like rich people, fancy houses. Huh. And then the next street and it's like industri industry. And it, it, I mean, you could say that happens in a lot of cities, sure, but. The, the stark contrast between some of the neighborhoods just blew me away. We would literally turn a corner and we're like, okay, we're in this part of town now. It was just very strange. Um, Have they heard of zoning laws? I, <laughs> I feel like that is something that they, that might be the reason why this happens. I don't so, know. So real quick, I know you, you were uh, talking about the size of the two cities earlier. Yeah. Milwaukee actually is bigger. Interesting. Okay. Milwaukee has, uh, according to Google, has... <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Milwaukee great. has uh, about 600,000 people. Uh, so it is bigger. So it is bigger. But Cleveland, see, I wonder, Cleveland, as of the 2010 census, which like I'm, sure will, be, yeah, or, I'm sure will yeah. be a lot different. Yeah. That being said, Cuyahoga County is about 1.3 million See, that's, that's what Milwaukee I was going to say. Milwaukee County is only about 950,000. Yeah, see, so that's what I was going to say. Right. Overall, the... Yeah. the yeah. It's, yeah. it's Milwaukee yeah. and then pretty much nothing around it. Yeah, and that's, and that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, so where was I? Yeah, so oddly segregated in, in various forms of that word. Um, the food scene, it was okay. Like, I wasn't that impressed. It's hard for me to really judge the food scene, yeah. having only ate there three days. So I'm not right. going to really do that. But just off the bat, we went to places that were supposed to be highly regarded, and okay. they were good, but So, you, so you researched places to go oh, to? Oh, I dude, I put in about a good month of research. And okay. I, I literally mean every day I would spend time okay. researching to yeah. plan. I had a whole itinerary planned out. Yeah, because it's interesting because, like, you could go to – you can go to cities in, like – so Milwaukee's, you know, it's Midwest, yeah. just like Cleveland is, but um, – you can go to these cities where, like, you go to a restaurant, and just because they don't have it in Cleveland means, like, doesn't mean that it's just uh, specific to, like, Milwaukee. True, true. So it's good that you did that because, right, like, you right. could go to – because, like, cause, like, if I were to go to uh, – if I were to go, like, go down south to, like, Georgia, yeah. like, man, I want some breakfast, and I end up going to Bojangles. Well, Bojangles are everywhere in the exactly. south. Exactly. That, They're exactly not up right. here. Right. So if right. I went down there, I'm like, oh, this is cool, Bojangles. Right. But they're literally everywhere in the South. Right. Exactly. So, um, 
So it's like some, going to Seattle and seeing Starbucks everywhere, or going right, to yeah, Boston yeah, yeah. and seeing Dunkin' Donuts. Well, right. well mm-hmm. st- Starbucks, there is Starbucks. There is Starbucks everywhere. Right. Well, probably, true, like, true. In the world. Like, well, I, like if um, you were to try and go to Starbucks 20 years ago, yeah. Well, and then, and here's another curveball. You know, if someone visited Cleveland and like, what's a good Mexican place? You know, I'm sure there'd be throngs of people who would say Barrio, and there'd be throngs of Cosimo. people... There'd be throngs of people that would say, don't go to Barrio, it's overrated. Even though, in like my, my opinion... Like my roommate? Yeah, yeah. Even my opinion... Shout out. Even in, in my opinion, as someone who really is strict about Mexican food, I love Barrio. I would recommend that mm-hmm. to someone coming to Cleveland. So, it's so subjective, is what yeah. I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. But I want to touch on, real quick, before I wrap up, the brewery scene. So, again, they have over 30 breweries, or more probably there. So, I only went to about six of them. Okay. So, it's really tough for me to be like, this is the brewery scene, and you know... And I didn't go to Miller. I didn't go to PBR. I didn't go to any of that stuff because I know what that is. I don't care about that. Right. I'm not going to waste my time. I went to the two bigger ones, Milwaukee Brewing Company and Lakefront Brewing Company. Lakefront is their Great Lakes. Like a big, you know, huge brewery facility, you know, tons, solid flagship lineup of beers, a little bit of experimentation, but they're pretty straightforward with their beers, right? First impressions, amazing tours. The beer tours in Milwaukee are like the best I've ever been to. Okay. Why? They give you tons of samples, including Milwaukee's, which was unlimited. It was an open bar for the whole duration of the tour. Wow. Uh, You get a free pint glass, and you get a token that gets you a free beer of their beer in like, you know, like a handful, like about 10 different bars throughout the city. So all that for, take a guess how much it costs. Thinking about thinking about the price, it was twelve bucks. Okay. So, but twelve bucks for all that—that's more than you'll get at the Cleveland brewery tours, and they're good. Like those are good tours. Like it's worth the money. But so that was incredible. Very friendly people. The the tours are funny. Lakefront Brewery, good. I would I would it's average. I wouldn't say it's amazing, but the beer was good, right? And a a beautiful location right on the river. Uh, Milwaukee Brewery Brewing. I hate to be like this, but I'm sorry. I I did not like the beer. Uh, The tour was great. The beer was very weird, and I learned later they brew with tea in a lot of their beers. And I, oh, and, no. <laughs> yes, per- perfect, <laughs> literally perfect. So their, it made their beer all taste weird, dude. Their lager tasted like someone dropped in a little uh, tomato juice in it, and I, I even asked the tour guy. And what about a little of uh? <laughs> 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 Oh my goodness, where was it? Uh, I even asked the tour guide about the lager, and she she literally was like, "I don't really drink the light beers here." And she she tasted, and she's like, "That's weird." And I was like, "Okay, so it." I don't know, man. Some of the other breweries we went to, weird beer. It just wasn't very good. Um, again, I'm not gonna sit here and claim that I know the Milwaukee beer scene because I really. I mean, imagine if someone came to Cleveland. Went to the three yeah. worst breweries in Cleveland. And right. I was like, oh, terrible, terrible beer city. We'd be like, are you serious right now? Like, you don't even know. Yeah. So, you know. Well, and, like you said, and, you you did. I mean, you did research. It's not like right. you went there and like, ooh, right. this one looks cool. Right, right. And I figured I had to hit the big the big ones, the big craft breweries. Because, right. like, you know, if someone came to Cleveland, I absolutely would tell them, go to Great Lakes. Go to Market Garden. Go to Fatheads. You know, and that Fatheads is a good example. That's outside of the town. You know, we never really strayed outside from downtown. Right. What if they have a a, a, a brewery that has of that is of Fatheads quality? Right. Twenty five, thirty minutes outside of downtown. I don't know. I never went to those breweries. Right. Uh, Milwaukee's a fun city. I highly recommend it. The prices are incredible. 
The happy hours are great. Overall, their beer prices and food prices are way cheaper than Chicago. So mm -hmm. if you're sick of going to Chicago and you're sick of the big city prices, try Milwaukee. It's a good, it's a, you'll have fun. It's a fun. It's were a the fun Bucks game. playing at home while you they were there? They were. Okay. And it was really fun because we were there for the second game of the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. And that city was lit up, man. We, yeah. it, was, it was fun to just be there with all that's that. That's a cool, yeah. That's it a... reminded me of when the Cavs were on their runs. Like you'd go right. downtown, it's just electric. <clears throat> Yeah. And these are people who haven't That's had it. success with the Bucks in, in like almost two oh, decades. Oh, God. When was the last time the Bucks were good? The way Milwaukee is right now is probably like what Cleveland <laughs> right. was in 2006, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long time since the Milwaukee yeah. has been relevant in the NBA. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're on, on fire yeah, right now. Yeah, it's great because they yeah, could be going to the finals. They're going to go, go through the East, and they're going to get swept by the champion in the West, just like the Cavs did in 07. You think know. they're getting by the Raptors? I think they're going to get swept. That that that's, See, that series that series has turned into a dogfight. The Raptors are making me wonder now if they're the best team in the East. Uh, that turns really into a, it turns into a dog. I mean, it's coin flip I, now. I, I do believe overall Giannis is uh, the better player than Kawhi. Yeah, I think physically he is, but Kawhi has proven it and done it in the playoffs. He's right. a, he's a Finals MVP. Right. Like Giannis has been great in the playoffs. I'm not saying he's come up short. Right, but. You know, Kawhi, when he's going up against a guy like Kawhi, like Kawhi knows how to play in those big moments. Well, I think Giannis is still kind of learning how. But I I will say, I was I yeah. was talking facetiously when I said that they're just going to, whoever comes out of the East is just going to get swept. I think it's actually going to be a competitive final. I think so, too. I think so. <coughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, we were there for that. It was real cool. Uh, one last thing about Milwaukee. So... They have a whole bunch of cool coffee shops, like okay. their own roasteries. Like they yeah. make the they roast the beans there. One of them was called Collectivo, and we went to two different locations. Oh man, highly recommend it. And I will say, Cleveland's kind of missing this, where they have a roastery. Uh, um, I think that's where uh, fresh brewed coffee gets their beans from. Collectivo. Really? I would I I wouldn't be surprised. They're really big. Like they're huge. Yeah. Like the neighborhood where they. Roast the beans, dude. For miles around, it smells like coffee. Yeah. Like it's just one of those deals. Oh, I love and, smell. oh it was a great smell. Uh, oh. Collective of beautiful coffee shops. They have, they have like four. They have a lot of them. We went to two of them. I will say one thing they have us beat is uh, they have a really cool coffee scene. As in, they make their own. They roast the beans there. You know, we have a lot of yeah, coffee yeah. shops. We have a little micro roasteries and stuff. But right. these are like full scale, awesome. You know, beautiful coffee shops, but they also make their own. Well, I shouldn't say make; it's not making; it's roasting. But right, uh, yeah. So that was one thing they have Cleveland beat on. But I would say I'm biased, and I didn't see the whole scene. But I would say Cleveland's beer scene. I just think the quality is better. Here. Did you go by the Bucks New Arena? I did, and it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's it beautiful. really, really looks it's like called the, It's called the Deer District. <laughs> That's what they call it. Of course they do. Uh, they have a, it's kind of like is Miller Park downtown too. Uh, no, Miller Park's about 10 minutes out, okay. so it's not bad. It's not super far, mm -hmm. but it's about 10 minutes outside. The Deer District is not any less original than Jurassic Park, which is the area. Okay, but that's a really Canada cool center. name, though. That's a really cool name. I do think that that's cool, yeah. even though they stole it from the movie. But I also think Deer District is funny, and I love their new logo and color scheme. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, I think they, I, they've done a really good job of rebranding themselves with oh my the new goodness. arena Do you remember when the Bucks were that purple team that was a joke? Mm. Do you remember that? The purple with the green, but it wasn't yeah. like, oh. but it wasn't like cool purple like the Lakers. Like it was right. stupid purple. Well, back, it was back in the Ray Allen days. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it was like the purple and green don't go together. Not really. No, like, no. It's, uh, it, it's Barney. That's like, like 
Arnie like and Baby 90s Bob. Nineties yeah. space alien stuff. Right. Right. But but no the uh, the the like like forest olive type green with the like beige gold is, yeah. is really good color scheme. Yeah. I like that a yeah. lot. Uh, so yeah, overall, like I said, visit it if you if you have, if you have a weekend to kill and you want to check out a new place. It's about a six and a half seven hour drive from Cleveland, and you'll have fun. It was a good city. You are fake news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's now get into our poll of the week. Uh, probably the biggest thing we're going to talk about sports wise uh, tonight was the big news yesterday. The city of Cleveland and the Browns were awarded to be the hosts of the NFL draft. Now we just saw. Now the NFL, the last probably five six years, have have started this whole rotating of cities for the draft. It used to always be in New York at uh, Radio City Music Hall. Uh, that's kind of where its home was. That's where the NFL is headquartered. So they kind of just kept it there. But like everything else, the NFL finds a way to monetize it. So they've moved it around to different cities. Uh, Chicago's hosted it. Philadelphia's hosted it. Uh, Dallas has hosted it. This year, Nashville hosted it. Is there any other cities I'm missing that have hosted the NFL draft? I'm not familiar. Chicago, Philadelphia, Nashville. uh, Dallas. Dallas. I think that's it. Yeah, that's since they started the the rotation. Because one of the cities hosted it twice, I think. Maybe Chicago. I think Chicago did. Yeah. Because I think they were the first city to, to... uh, go outside of New York, and they did it two straight years. I do recall that one of their um, office buildings near the, near the draft, near Grant Park at the time, mm-hmm. they actually left at night. They would actually leave the lights on in the in the shape of letters, and it read "Duh Draft." Yeah, Duh Draft, because <laughs> of Duh Bears and the famous Saturday Night Live Duh skit. Um, so yeah, Cleveland's uh, going to be hosting the draft, and uh, I am super excited for it. I mean, if if you just watch the way that Nashville partied for the NFL draft this past year, like a couple weeks ago, um, it was insane. And the biggest thing about it is, like, I, I, I think it's a perfect – Cleveland's a perfect city for the draft because there are so many NFL cities within driving distance of Cleveland. Detroit, I mean, you look, at, you look at Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Indianapolis, Indianapolis Buffalo. Buffalo. Even uh, Green Bay isn't that far, which is... It's pro- yeah, I mean, that's probably not near near the edge. Eight. It's about yeah. eight hours. But, like, you know, fi- like if Nashville you're... Nashville would be closer, right? Nashville, yeah, yeah. Nat- Philadelphia is... Philadelphia would also be closer. Philadelphia is not that bad, yeah. No, but... You already said Buffalo, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are so many... I mean, and even if you want to go really on the edge, I guess maybe Carol, North Carolina, or Carolina, Charlotte, Charlotte would be about a nine-hour trip. Yeah, and you know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to fly. Like an hour <coughs> oh and right, half flight, but I'm even. just saying, like, like it's a great city that uh, you can get. And a lot of those cities that I, that we mentioned are like the most diehard of diehard fan bases in all of football. So yeah, well, except for Cincinnati. <clears throat> well, yeah, I didn't I didn't mention Cincinnati. Mm. But um, so I, I honestly think this this could be one of the most the one of the highest attended uh, NFL drafts since they've started moving it around. Maybe the highest. Yeah. Um, and just with what's going on in, in the city of Cleveland, um, I just think it's it's just another thing. I mean, you look over the next five six years, the amount of th- big events that Cleveland's uh, hosting. I mean, if you go back to 2016, well. 
from 2015 to 2018, we hosted the NBA Finals every year. Mm-hmm. In 2016, we hosted the World Series. 2016, we hosted the RNC. Uh, we're hosting Major League Baseball All-Star Game this year. Uh, I think this next NCAA season, we're hosting six NCAA tournament games. Hosting, mm-hmm. Yeah, first and second round. Uh, in a couple of years, we're going to be hosting the Women's Final Four. Yep. NBA uh, All-Star The NBA All-Star Game is coming. Now the draft. I think like twenty twenty two, excuse me. Of 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 all the events that are still to come, I think they estimated that as a total of like six hundred million dollars of ec- economic impact for the city. Um, the so the figures actually just came out for the Nashville draft. Uh, Nashville reported that the NFL draft generated one hundred thirty seven million dollars for the city's economy over that weekend. Wow, not bad for one weekend's work. Freaking insane. Take over. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what we get to look forward to. What we also get to look forward to is incredibly congested crowds uh, of people who aren't from Cleveland, so are not going to know where the heck to go, uh, are not going to be from Cleveland. So I guarantee you, especially of all these like bigger, like elitist cities, like people that come in from New York, people that come in from uh, – even even Chicago. I mean, I said Chicago is a bigger Cleveland, but it is a much bigger Massive city. city. <laughs> so you know they're going to have their beliefs that you know they're a much better city than us. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how people who are from these bigger, more glamorous type cities come into Cleveland, and hopefully their views get changed a little bit. I mean, you have to, I, especially I, from you, people you, who have never been to Cleveland. Well, and you have to say Cleveland has already. Built up a, a pat, uh, like a presentation yeah. that's worthy of most most people's take. I mean, what am I trying to say here? You know what I'm trying to. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Like the, the city that we have that Cleveland has created in the last yeah. 20, 15 years yeah. is a great. It's it's great. You right. have to be real snobby and real right. real picky to to look at the best that Cleveland has to offer and walk out of that and be like, oh, that was garbage. Like. You know, it, it's. I remember Cubs fans. You were speaking of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Cubs fans and a lot of Warriors fans <coughs> were pretty impressed by what they saw when they screw came. Warrior fans. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and screw Cubs fans. Yeah. But they did say a lot of nice things about Cleveland, and yeah. that's pretty cool. And uh, the national media has been real kind to Cleveland's resurgence, right. resurgence, right. and all that. So. Yeah, I mean, there's just. It's almost like there's there's stuff for everybody in Cleveland. Just the different yeah. districts that have been developed. Yeah. Like if, if you if you want to go if you want to go to a bar that's that's right on the water, the Browns or the Browns, the city of Cleveland has that in the flats. Yeah, shooters and the new East Bank of the there's flats. Multiple bars uh, on the water. It's it's not going to be Malibu or or Florida, right. but if you want to go to a beach, we have a beach. Right. That's actually pretty decent. Right. Um, if you just want really good food and a really good bar scene cleveland has that we have the east fourth district we have and i tell uh, you what if you want upscale bars like cocktails and good food we have a lot of those absolutely Cleveland has a ton of those yeah of course we don't even have to mention the brewery scene it's one of the better and one of the better ones in the country for sure really honestly the only thing that holds the biggest thing that holds cleveland back it's the same thing that holds minneapolis back it's climate I think yeah. feel like so yeah. many people just don't want to deal with snow, right. don't want to deal with lake effect. Gone yeah. knows what else. I mean, if you and they get lazy and they just they just see that and they're like, oh well, who wants to live there? Right. I mean, if you if, if you don't live in Cleveland, 
like there's really only like a four month window that you would ever want to go visit it. Yeah, right. from about if you're now not from through there. like end of September, roughly. Right. Right. Um, and you know, well, this year might be extended a little bit because the Browns are going to be really good, so people are going to want to come into Cleveland. Sure. And uh, you know, through November, I won't say December because football game even if the Browns are good football games in December are brutal well, October was definitely in that window the last few years because the Indians were in the postseason yep <laughs> were in the postseason <laughs> that's going to happen this year um, but so yeah so um, you know we talked about we just gave reasons why you know people would want to go go down to Cleveland for the draft just all the different areas and you know the great food scene that uh, Cleveland has the brewery scene, uh, all that stuff. Uh, you know, people aren't going to want to go down there. Like I, I think people, people from outside Cleveland that support their teams and want to come into the draft are not going to be deterred because there's there's a lot of people there. Right, I think right. people who are from Cleveland that live in Cleveland are going to be deterred from going into downtown because there's going to be so many people there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be more locals that yeah. But you're gonna see a ton. You know, there's gonna be oh, thousands gosh. of Browns fans. Yeah. I cannot wait until the Steelers and the Ravens picks are announced, so that uh, Roger Goodell's voice is drowned out by boos. I can't wait. And I'll tell you another thing: the Super Bowl Super Browns chant. I can't wait for that either. When the Browns uh, draft. Well, I tell you what, too. You don't know what the Browns are going to be doing between now and then. You know what? We're so. going to be the we're going to be the best host of, in an NFL draft ever because we're going to let everybody else draft before us because we're going to have the last pick <laughs> in the first round. Because oh, we're going like to be it. Super Bowl champs in twenty twenty. Very, uh, very confident. Yeah. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so our poll of the week is. You know, the draft is in 2021 in downtown. Will you go, or are you going to avoid downtown Cleveland? Will you stay, or will you go? That's right. (laughs) So, um, and we're talking, you know, we're a Cleveland podcast, so we're talking to people from Cleveland. So let's go through the results real quick. Um, As we're looking that up. uh, I have it right here. Steve, are you going to make your way downtown for the NFL draft in 2021? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I gotta say, the draft is is one way to park your ass I'm, on that fence. Yeah, I, okay, I'll, I'll just say it. No, I won't. And it's because the draft is just. Um, I gotta be honest. As far as sporting events goes, it's probably the one that interests me the least. <laughs> Thank you. I I have to agree with you. I'll talk about. <laughs> well, you're not even a football fan. Oh, what? Let me give my speech in a second. All right, Jordan, you're going to go down for the draft. Uh, there's only one way I could possibly go down for the draft. That's if Texas – or Texas. That's if Houston has, like, the number one pick or something. If they have the number one pick, absolutely I'm going to go join my fellow Texans fans. If it's anything – All four of them. Yeah. All four, oh, okay. Let's, if you want to talk about a good fan base, Dan. <laughs> Terrible team, but a ridiculously o- overinflated fan base. Um, I will probably not be there. I will probably avoid downtown Cleveland like the plague. That that. Oh wait, that's gonna be. I'm gonna have to work the one day that I'm there. <laughs> yeah, you might want to call off that day if you're still that or if you're still working where you're working because you won't be able to get home. 
Yeah, they might. They might. They might have. Might a, just. Yeah, they that, might just cancel. I'm gonna be honest out. with you. Most they'll of downtown probably, will probably, probably be shut down the, that day. Yeah, they'll probably close the offices. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, will be calling off work that day too because I will probably be there the night before because uh, this is probably the one and the only time that the that Cleveland's gonna get the NFL draft. Yeah. And while I don't expect the cat the Cavs. I don't expect the Browns to have a top ten pick in twenty twenty one because I think they're they're setting themselves up for a, for a long run of sustained success the way they're building the team. Uh, it's not going to matter to me because I, I'm going to get to go down there and as as frustrating as it might be to get there downtown, yeah. it's going to be one of the first times hopefully that I can puff out my chest as a Browns fan and be proud. And be among all of the other NFL teams, and uh, you know, be able to point out at Bengals fans, and be like, "Ha, <laughs> your, your team blows." Hopefully, it won't just be Bengals fans. Hopefully, it'll be Pittsburgh too. Uh, from your lips to God's ears, my friend. Uh, so I will be there. Um, I it, also just the spectacle of it all, and I, I'm really, really. Well, re- read off the uh, poll results. Uh, so Facebook, fifty nine percent said yes, we will go. Forty one percent said they will not be going. Uh, Twitter, about very similar. Sixty percent said yes. Forty percent said they will be staying away. Okay. Um. So I pretty mu- I pretty much consider everybody in Cleveland to be some sort of a Browns fan. Um. I think the people that are saying no are people who just don't like crowds. Uh, I think that's probably accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one of the coolest parts about having the NFL draft in Cleveland. It's the last week of April, yeah. usually. Yeah, correct? Right. So that means you could easily have a week where it's 80 degrees. That's true. Or, or you could have a week where <laughs> it's it snowing. Yeah. yeah, right? I can't wait to see what Mother Nature has in store. That's, well, I think yeah. I think one of the days uh, when the draft was in Chicago, it snowed. Um, I, it happens. I, think it was, yeah. I, think it, I don't think it was the first day. And then uh, it, it rained. Like the entire draft for this year in Nashville. Yeah, I do remember it raining a lot. Still Mostly the second crowds. and third day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not going to stop NFL fans. I mean, not here. It won't. No. Maybe in some wine and cheese places like Jacksonville or San Francisco or some shit. But not, not here. <laughs> Here's the noises that they'll make in Jacksonville for the NFL draft. <laughs> not the biggest uh, sports market there in Jacksonville. Not really, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah. So I think it's interesting. Another interesting uh, aspect of the draft, and I thought they were going to explain this today at their press conference that they had, but they didn't. Where they're gonna? Yeah. Where they're gonna have it? Where do you think? Where do you think they're gonna have it, Dan? So I think it's going to be either two, one of two places. Uh, it's gonna be down near the stadium. They're gonna set up the stage over oh, by like the Rock sure, Hall, sure, and then people will just be lined down. Uh, Dog Pound Drive, like that that street that's yeah next to the stadium. Okay, and then up you know West Third and and that sort of stuff. Um, the only issue with that is, like I, I feel like that that'd be a good like you would get really good shots like on TV of right. the city of Cleveland that way. There's nothing down there. Right. Just, no, there's no restaurants. Yeah, there's no bars. That's like a really good. That's a really good way to. Yeah. The, on, the just, only good thing about it is pretty much everything in, in downtown Cleveland is is walkable. Like you can pretty much right. get to anywhere in downtown. But there's not like walking. a bar district there. Right. That's why for me, I feel like 
it would be best to set up the main hub in public square. Okay, so I was going to say public square or the mall area. Like, that's another uh, one. Because that's, mall, that's a third like, one. Mall, but you can walk to a lot of bars from yeah. that area. In fact, it might be better to put it there so the yeah. bars can breathe a bit. So the right. majority of the crowds are there. And then, you know, people are coming in and out of yeah. East 4th and, you know, the Progressive Field District and all that. But, um yeah. And then you know the clubs will be going crazy, the club district. Yeah, right? West Sixth, West bro. West Sixth, baby. Yeah, let's go to Barley. Yeah, yeah, guys, let's go to West Sixth. Yeah, rumor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's, 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 that was bad. It's going to be the biggest Thirsty Thursday in Cleveland history because you know <laughs> that the first round yeah. of the draft ends about 1130. So it's just oh, going to lead right into oh, the clubs. Man. And, and it'll, it'll, be, it'll be one of those. Night. Yeah, it'll be one of those. Uh, because you know how, so for the RNC, and then they just announced for uh, Major League, the All-Star game, bars are allowed to be open until like 4, Oh yeah, they'll probably do that too. They'll, do, they'll definitely do that for the NFL draft, just because of the, sh- the amount of people. Absolutely. Um, I, I personally think Public Square would be the best. Um, yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's probably. Well, well, just so, because, so like, Brian, they'd have to literally shut down that whole part of town. So Public Square, and then you would allow, kind of like how Nashville did, because Nashville. Uh, right. Is it Junction? Is that the street? The name of the street? God, what's the name of that street in Nashville? The main street. I know. I don't. The strip or whatever. Oh, I'm not sure what it's called. I can't. Um. Anyway, uh, I I I would do the same thing because uh, Euclid and Superior feed right into Public yeah, Square. Right. So you set up the stage in Public Square. You have the main crowd in Public Square, and then the overflow people can just you can shut down Euclid and Superior. Yeah, yeah, and, and then people. See, and, and then you, people, you could probably shut those down by like, what noon, oh, so that yeah, you could have shut. some people getting to work if they need to go yeah. to get to work, and then the main street of Nashville is just called Broadway. That's it, Broadway. Oh, okay. I'm such an idiot. Well, okay, that, no, because Broadway, you don't think of Nashville. When it's you okay. Think of I didn't. I didn't know that either. Right. So. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I could see them shutting down like uh, Superior and Euclid, having people uh, fill up those streets, and then from Euclid and Superior, I mean. You know, there's there's uh, East Fourth Street, all those restaurants. There's all those restaurants and bars that are on Euclid. Uh, then you have the uh, you have the uh, Gateway District right near there with um, uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and yeah. Progressive Field. Yeah. Uh, all oh, that's that what area. I mean. Yeah, that that would be real easily yeah. accessible. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great. Those are tons of great bars for people to eat, get food and drinks at. Yeah. So um, that would probably be my number well, one. And then you know you're gonna have a lot of people that. You know they'll be pushing the flats in Ohio City too. So there's gonna be a lot of people that just when they're done with the draft stuff, they just Uber oh, over yeah. or even walk. You can walk over oh, if it's man. a nice day. Like it's not. Yeah, dude, you should just you should just uh, get recertified for Lyft just for that weekend. Oh well, I was telling you, I will probably do that. Yes, I mean and the amount I, of money. Uh, well, and I'm also considering whatever my living situation is. I might sign up for Airbnb and and charge like. Yeah, two fifty a night. Right. I mean, you know, people will pay that. Oh yeah. And I, I'll even offer like to drive them down. Like yeah. I don't care. Oh like, yeah. I mean, sure. Like, uh, and you know, that, I, you'd end up making like a month, like month, two months that's, rent. That's what I mean. I, I almost would rather do that than drive because yeah. drive you're risking hitting a person and accidents yeah. and drunken people. But like renting out an Airbnb in your place for just like the weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. And. There's a lot of people that have a lot of money that are NFL fans, so like you oh, can God, easily yeah. charge two fifty a night, and yeah. they'll be like, "Sure," like because yeah. you know every hotel is gonna be booked within the next 
you know, within a few months yeah. or well, a lot of before. people. A lot of people are going to treat this as like their their va- uh, vaca- like their right. vacation trip for the right. year. Right. People who are that the big super fans. Absolutely. People who are that much of a diehard like fans like okay. and their uh, yearly vacation like around this. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a big event. It, it, the uh, so David Gilbert, who's the uh, uh, CEO of the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission, said that. The NFL Draft is the biggest event that the city of Cleveland can host without having a domed stadium. So, oh, okay. so if if the Browns were to have a domed stadium, you know, you could get the Super Bowl here. You could get the men's NCAA Final Four here. I mean, you could get a WrestleMania here. Right. Like those are bigger events than the NFL Draft. But right. with the way that the NFL has marketed the NFL Draft and have started with these rotating of the cities, like it's. It's become a monster of an event, huge. It really has, and I think they're going to start doing it with the NFL Combine too, which, much to the chagrin of Indianapolis, because they've loved having a monopoly over hosting that for the last twenty-five years. But, uh, but yeah, I think they're going to do that because it's just another way for the NFL to make money, is to have it in different cities. So, uh, yeah, those are the those are the polls. That's what we think as well. So. That is that. Um, so real quick, uh, I kind of just wanted to go uh, over the Cavs stuff, uh, hiring a new coach, and uh, kind of get your guys' feelings on it before um, we preview some events and kind of wrap up. What do you guys think about the Cavs hiring John Beeline as coach? It's an unconventional hiring, but uh, I, I think it's very much worth it. I think that Beeline was incredibly successful at Michigan. Prior to his tenure at Michigan, Michigan was not considered one of the elite schools in college basketball. Um, guy came in, he made two national championship games. I mean, they, 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 really, they really hadn't been very they good won since... won the Big uh, Ten a whole bunch of times. They I really mean, hadn't been good since the Fab Five. Yeah, no, they, they yeah, really no, weren't. They, they um, when you think of good Big Ten basketball, who do you think of? You think of Michigan State, Michigan State Indiana, Purdue, 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 Indiana, maybe yeah. Ohio State. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, for sure, Wisconsin. Yeah, you, I mean, Michigan is maybe the sixth or seventh school down that you would even think. Maryland, even though, I mean, they're not really part of the Big Ten yeah. they are uh, nowadays. You know, so Michigan's maybe your sixth or seventh school down that you would normally think of, and he completely changed that. Um I mean, anybody who's that successful on the college level, I think, has got every right to to try take their shot at the NBA. I mean, what, what it, within the last five years, he's taken Michigan to the Final you know, Four twice. And there is, and there are, um, I mean, there is precedence for this. I mean, Billy Donovan went to Oklahoma City uh, from Florida. Uh, Brad Stevens went to two national finals at Butler and is now doing an extremely good job for Boston. You know, so. This it used to be if you were a college coach you really didn't go to the NBA that started to change now so um, I mean the only thing that I think is maybe kind of strange is that he's you know at the point where he's collecting Social Security but yeah. uh, you know I, I I can't hold that against the guy the guy's can coach he's good so yeah. you know let's let's go for it yeah I was um, I I mean I already gave my my opinions on on the hire last week and. And uh, Hannah, who was uh, co-hosting with me, uh, loved it. She's she's a diehard Michigan fan, so of course she liked match it. made in heaven for her, right? Well, um, actually, she might be pissed because now Michigan basketball say, team's not going to be as good. I know our friends John and David, who have been on here, um, 
weren't big fans of it. I mean, they weren't like exactly mad, but they were kind of like, well, that's a bummer because yeah. we've been enjoying this run of success in Michigan <laughs> basketball. Yeah, so so my biggest thing... Hashtag uh, sorry, not sorry. My biggest thing for it is, um, you know, he's never been a coach in the NBA at any level, and he's 66 years old. So, you know, in, in the... In the instance of Brad Stevens and, to a lesser extent, Billy Donovan, who's more seasoned of a coach, uh, those guys are still younger. You know, you'd think, being a younger guy, they would relate better to um, NBA players. Um, but Beeline has a really great reputation of developing young young talent. I mean, Michigan doesn't get uh, top blue-chip recruits. Um he turns top 100 recruits into NBA lottery picks. Um, Which is very hard to do. Right. So he, he has a good reputation for developing talent. So uh, I, I think it's and – then, and then after listening to his uh, press conference, I like the hire. I do. Um, he's already hired J.B. Bickerstaff as his uh, associate head coach who has NBA head coaching experience. So that'll be better for his transition. Oh, Bickerstaff used to be the Rockets' assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like, I think he was their interim coach for a while. Yeah, yeah. When, and uh, then that whole McHale. Or, yeah, uh, not um, McHale. Um, you remember the other Boston guy? Other yeah, Boston was it, guy. Was it Kevin McHale? The, who, the, the Rockets. Yeah, coach Kevin McHale. Was, yeah, he got yeah, fired. Yeah. And, then, um, and then he he was a head coach at Memphis uh, for I think a couple years or something. But um, so so he's got NBA experience. He's a younger guy. He relates well to NBA players. So I think he'll be a big help. Um, so I, I I like the hire. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, can it it can't really get worse than what the Cavs were last year. <laughs> <That's> so <true. laughs> you know, we'll yeah, see. where pretty much the whole starting roster gets injured and you just right. you know the thing completely falls apart right like the Cavs weren't going to be great last year anyway but fire the coach after six games that didn't yeah help. the Cavs weren't going to be great uh, last year anyway but when your best player misses 55 games and then you have to rely on a 19 year old rookie uh, to develop over the season and the way Colin Sexton did gives me a lot of hope for his future going forward but, um, yeah, he really struggled at first. At but, first, yeah. oh gosh, he was really bad was up looking, until about New Year's. It was looking like he might be really yeah. bad, a really but bad pick. But his uh, his jump shot is really improved. I mean, he is lightning quick. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, we'll see. I mean, he's a 19, 20 year old kid. So let's let him develop. Yeah, I don't know if it's time to segue, but uh, we talk about the Cavaliers losing Kevin Love and losing other guys. I mean, I'm almost getting the same redux with the Indians right now with guys like Kluber and Clevenger being out. It's just like, how do, how are we, why are we going through this again? Like, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because our front office and our ownership are a bunch of morons and put way too much pressure and stress on our starting pitching and relied on them way too much by getting rid of uh, essentially 500 RBIs from our offense last year and didn't replace them with anybody. I'm so sick and tired of that team, and it's it's really, uh, it's really almost kind of comical because, you know, even though they got crushed again today, they're still over 500. 25 and 24. It's yeah. pretty amazing that they are actually. But I have no hope in this team. None. And, they can't and, hit. And you have pretty much the same opinion as everybody in the city, from media to just any fans who either watch games on TV or or even go to games. 
the whole city, like the way the city has treated the Indians this year, you would think that they're 15 and 39 right now. Right. I mean, just everybody. I don't know if it's gotten to the point where they're completely jaded with the Indians, like they became jaded with the Cavs in 2018. How did we get this way as a fan base? A lot. Of, I'm really starting to wonder that. Well, like when, our, when our teams have a couple of good seasons, it's like we're almost like, eh, I'm not really interested in this anymore. Like, well, I, I see. I, I think in I, this I think, case, the front office's actions may have a lot to do with it. Well, it's not necessarily. See, it, first, it starts with ownership because there was a mandate to the front office that payroll needed to be slashed. Now, in a year where payroll was up hugely across baseball, right, where you, where you had huge contracts going uh, left and right everywhere. Right. But the way that the way that the Indians uh, slashed the payroll. That's where you can question the front office. Um, you know, when it when it, when the Indians were rumored to be uh, shopping Corey Kluber, nobody liked that because he's a two-time Cy Young winner, and he's he's pitched great for the Indians for like a decade. So you don't want to see the Indians trade him. In hindsight, yeah, I mean the dude took a line drive off his arm and broke his arm. He can't he can't pitch right now. And when he was pitching this year, he wasn't any good. And he really wasn't. So yeah, would you like to maybe get that? 15 to 20 million dollars off your books uh, in hindsight rather than rather than uh trading away or letting Michael Brantley walk yeah probably uh or Trevor Bauer I think the Indians are going to trade Trevor Bauer before the trade deadline this year they keep going downhill they probably will because they're not going to re-sign him after this year because he's up for arbitration and he he's he beat the Indians in his arbitration case last year so He'll probably beat it this year. Arbitration's not where you can. The arbitrator can't just be like, "Oh, okay." The Indians want the Indians. This is his market value. That the Indians feel like this is his market value, but this is what Trevor Bowers thinks his market value is. The arbitrator cannot split it down the middle. Either the arbitrator's going to side with the Indians, or he's going to side with Trevor Bauer. Last year, he sided with Trevor Bauer, and it cost the Indians a few million dollars. This time. His salary, because of where he is with MLB service, his uh, arbitration number uh, could go up by $10 million. And the Indians are not going to pay that. So unless the Indians start winning a lot of baseball games, they're going to try and trade Trevor Bauer before the trade deadline. And I would have to believe that if that happens, they might as well trade Francisco Lindor too because he's not coming back No, after he's up for contract. Yeah, and if history has told you anything, the Indians are not going to pay Francisco Lindor. No. Yeah, it's real frustrating. And so it's it's, just, it's annoying too. This is a silly thing, but it's annoying how the social media accounts treat the fans that are like frustrated. Oh, don't like, get me started. They're like, they're like, I'm like, guys, come on, like you can't possibly. I know whoever's running the social media account, like stop being like that. I like, listen. I, I the Indians. I feel they have a very witty social media manager. Right, and it can be some funny of the stuff sometimes. that they tweet is funny. Yeah, it's funny. But but anytime that the, that the Indians are are playing poorly and the fans get cynical on social media, like they'll they be like like, oh. like the, the their social media account turns into like a 12-year-old yeah, no, uh, literally, girl they'll, or boy. They'll be like, and it's like gets all butt hurt when somebody makes one bad comment. Yeah, like, like 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 uh they I think what was it yesterday? Uh 
they lost, and it was like their fourth loss in a row, and their yeah. tweet was like, tough one, we'll be back at it tomorrow. It's like, no, like, it's, don't say that. Like, Just be like... How about you... Like, some, like, somebody said, like, how about you score some runs or something? Yeah, yeah. And, then and you know what's like, funny is they posted a picture today, and they disabled the comments. Yep, yep. But then they got so much crap for that. How they, ridiculous. They, no, that's so... That's literally 12-year-old boy. Ridiculous. Like, if you can't... Like, like you can be all rah-rah, and, you know, when the team's winning... But when the team's losing, you got to be able to swallow your pride and take the, uh, you know, take the beating from the fans. You know, it's right. gonna happen. You know, they're better off just not posting anything at all well, if the team yeah, is losing, I, as opposed to doing what they did, because that just incites fans' well, fury even more. I tell right? you, the best thing ever, doing you know, as a Rockets fan, losing for the fourth time to the Warriors or whatever it's been, like the the thing they posted was just final from Houston. That's all they posted. Yeah. Didn't post another thing about the series. Right. That's what I want to see as a fan. And the Indians, to be fair, have done that at times, too. Right. But, like, you know, they try to be all snarky and funny. I mean, it, it's just you can't just disrespect the fans. Like, or the, the thing to me, the most egregious example, after uh, the Dolan made his comments about, like, enjoy him while you can about oh. Lindor, the next day they posted something about Lindor saying how he loves Cleveland, and they're like, hear it from the man himself. I'm like, yeah. what? Right. Your owner just said he's walking. You expect us to believe you? Like we're not. Well, dumb, no, no. He, well, well, he, you know what I mean. You know no, what I mean. no. Right. Like he didn't say he's. No, like, he, he didn't say he's that. walking. He essentially said uh, he's going to have no choice because we're not going to resign him. That's that, which is honestly worse in some yeah. ways. Uh, and you know, I'm like, come on, you're really gonna, you're really gonna act like the fans are being irrational. They love Lindor. Lindor's the best right. thing that's happened to the Indians and in also, a long time. Like, and also, uh, Lindor. Uh, technically, is under contract for two more years after right. this year. Right? Why would he say that the front off, like why would he why would he talk bad about the team when he right. has to right. be here potentially for three he's more not years? Gonna, and he's that's not the type of guy he is. Like he just isn't right. that type of guy to right. talk crap all over people. Right. You know, I, I don't want That's just to me. That's just so annoying. Like that, and 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 it doesn't right. help. It doesn't and, help what's going like, on right now. And you like know? you said, the Indians aren't the only team that does this. Every team in sports does this. Their social media accounts. They are right. so. Yeah, they are, it's the new thing to do. They are. Yeah. Oh gosh, they're like, are, you know, six years ago, teams would just tweet the results and maybe be like, "Oh, great yeah. effort." Now it's all snarky, and they're this, yeah. and they're talking crap about the other team, and like talking, and, like, like, and oh, like talking, goodness. and like talking back to the fans on social. Like the yeah, Indians, that just the make Indians sense account to me. does that a lot. It talks right. back to the fans, like talks just, down to them, like. Like, like Cleveland fans. Yeah. Like, I could see if I, as an Astros fan, was trolling Indians fans and they right. kind of responded with a, ooh, drop the mic moment. Yeah. That fair. I'm asking for that. Ooh. But to talk down your own fans, and honestly, sometimes the fans will literally say something like, how about we sign some, some hitters? Right. Which is very logical. It's something the Indians yeah. need to do. And they'll be like, why don't you, you know just support the team or so and it's just like oh come on like yeah. that's ridiculous what i really don't understand about this is that just a few years ago trevor bauer was actually getting a lot of heat because he would do this he would correspond with fans oh, who, who were critical yeah. of him and like you know the team i don't remember if they made any really public statements about this at the time but they do you know, they couldn't have been happy about this well and and now so they, like the team social media account is effectively doing the same thing yeah yeah that's like, actually true that's yeah. we've come really totally full yeah. circle in that's, just a few that's years a really yeah. well, good because, point, yeah. well because like for the last year and a half trevor bowers pitched really well so nobody's gone after him really uh that much on twitter and he hasn't clapped back very much when the indians play well Nobody's going to talk bad about it, but right. you know when they don't play well, 
people are going to chirp at him. Yeah, I, I, I say this as, as a Tottenham fan as well. I know they're one of those woeful teams that just always is losing all the time. Hopefully not in a couple weeks, yeah. uh, in a week or two. Uh, but week. Uh, it's it's, it's a week. It's like a it's, a week from Saturday. Yeah, a week from Saturday. So, uh, but you know, that's another example where they used to kind of be all like, oh, well, and like they wouldn't respond to fans, but they would say these like, like uh, what's the word when you kind of talk down on someone? Um, Snarky. Not so much snarky, Belittle. but belittling like posts. Like they'll be like, you know, we, y'all need to blah blah. You know, stick with the team. And we're like. Stick with the team when we threw away our fifth chance to yeah. like go up in the league. Like, okay, sure, right? Like, come on, like, and they haven't done that recently, which I noticed. They kind of like learned their lesson because fans were like, "No, like you're talking about like half a century of hurt here. Don't start with this, you know, yeah. nonsense." And I, I just think that it would do all of pro sports teams good right. to stop with the snarky, stop with the clapping bag. Do not trash your own fans. Trash another fan, sure. Clap back at another team. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. People want to see that. Don't, but don't, you, don't be talking down to your you, own fans. Could you imagine if you were a restaurant and somebody uh, said right. they had a bad experience at your restaurant, like, like right. went on Yelp or something, had a bad experience, and then you went and posted at them, be like, uh, you know what, screw you and don't come back. That When that has happened, it really backfires. Yeah. Really bad. Right. It's not a good look. It's, it's the same thing. They're doing that right. to their paying customers. Yeah. yeah. Either who pay money. Uh, to to go to the ballpark or Pay watch money the games, for cable, yeah, yeah, or watch the games and get yeah. give them or ratings. Buy jerseys. Yes. <laughs> Not only are you telling that person that their opinion doesn't matter, but you're also bringing attention to the world that this person had a negative experience in your establishment. That that's actually a really good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never it's, thought about oh, that. Man, yeah. it's unbelievable. There's so many reasons why that's a bad thing to do. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully a miracle can happen and the Indians can start hitting, but. I, I just, man, technically they're still over 500, but I really don't see it getting better before it even gets worse. Not to rub it in, but I I, I predicted the Twins are going to win the division. I still think that's going to be, but I have to say this. Baseball is one of those sports where 10-game whatever leads can be wiped out in the you know in the, in the process of the whole season. So I, I could eat my words. I, you know, yep. The Twins aren't exactly a powerhouse, yep. let's be real. So. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for that knife twist. Appreciate it. Right in the back. <laughs> oh come on. Uh, give me one. Give me one. Give me one. Cleveland stab. How many more do you want? How many more do you want? You swept us in the playoffs last year. Oh, what do you? What else on. do you want? And then we got annihilated by the the Red Sox. Yeah, everybody that was, was getting red, everybody was, was getting annihilated Sox. by the Red Sox. That was this their year. year. And don't look now, but they're coming. Yeah, they, they had a really they crappy. Start, they've won like but but they've won like twelve out of the last fourteen. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely playing a lot better now. Um, they're back over five hundred. I mean, they they're, were awful. They're actually ahead of the Indians in the standings now. Yeah, which well, is pretty incredible. Yeah. Seeing where things were like just ten days ago. Yeah. All right, let's wrap the episode up here. Uh, we've that, that was a really good just, yeah. Let's talk about it. Jordan. Uh, yeah. Talk about two, and then uh, I'll, I'll kind of end the show the by one. yeah, okay. talking about the third one. So first one I'm going to burn through because we've kind of really been hyping it up, but it's this weekend. So the Berea's National Rib Cook-Off. Um, it's this weekend. Uh, Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds. Uh, like we said, it's one of the bigger... At the Cuyahoga <laughs> County Fair. It's one of the bigger cook-off events. Um, so uh-huh. I'm actually... So I, there's a chance... 
There's a chance I might be going if one thing happens. One of my favorite YouTubers, a guy named Malcolm Reed, who runs How to Be How to Barbecue Right, is his site. Awesome dude, funny guy. He's a phenomenal barbecue aficionado, and he has great how-to videos. Um, if he's gonna be there, and he usually hits up all these major rib cook-offs, I will be there just to meet him and taste his ribs. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, it's only five bucks. Uh, Monday, uh, Friday through Monday, so the whole Memorial Day weekend, noon to it's eleven a pretty p.m. Cool event just to go to. Exactly. I mean, five exactly. bucks, like, and, and you you're gonna taste some of the better ribs that you can get in yeah. that region. So. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, for more information, uh, visit BereaRib.com. Um, then the second event we have is Noble Bee's second year anniversary party. So we just talked about Noble Bee, so I figured I'd highlight a little event they're having. It's uh, May 27. Uh, that's uh, Memorial Day, right? Uh, yeah, 27th yeah. So, is Monday, right? Yeah. 27th, that's uh, Monday. Yes, yes, Monday. So it's on Memorial Day. <laughs> So if you don't have any plans, maybe you're an out-of-towner and your family's out of town, you're not going to be flying out there and you're just looking for something to do, or maybe you want to skip that family party, that's fine too. Uh, <laughs> you can go to the second year anniversary party for Noble Beast. It is 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. I put a.m. <laughs> 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, they are going to have a special... They go hard they early. Go, yeah, they go... They're going to have a special beer list. Um and I'm gonna burn through these real quick. They're gonna have a corn lager. Lager. Wow, I can't speak today. A corn lager. It's a collaboration with Little Fish Brewing, uh, another brewery I'm not even familiar with. It's basically a Mexican beer. So it's a Michigan brewery, and they are gonna be making a Mexican beer. Uh, they have a mango strawberry vanilla milkshake nitro IPA with. <laughs> that sounds like a. What kind of beer was it? Uh, you. I know what you're gonna do. The previous one, the Mexican lager. <laughs> Uh, the second one's going to be a weird IPA in collab with Goldhorn Brewery, another Cleveland brewer, brewery. They're going to have barrel-aged porters, coffee beans, porter or stouts, uh, sweet potato saison, I always say saison, and raspberry wine sour. Wow, they are going to have some wacky beers. This is going to be a fun time, though. They're going to have a carnival theme, so they're going to have like corn dogs, nachos, uh, cheesesteaks, cotton candy, uh, and all the usual stuff they have in their menu as well. So uh, if you're looking for, if you haven't tried out Noble Beast yet, this might be a good chance to. Did you say nachos? They do have nachos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All, all right, right, Dan. So uh, yeah, the last one, uh, as I've said a couple times, uh, Hannah was my co-host last week, and uh, as we've known before, talking about the uh, house that. Um, well, now your work, but your work and the city mission helped um, helped refurbish uh, for a family from Laura's home. Uh, city mission is doing an event called Stand In with the City Mission. Uh, this is an event to raise awareness for the homeless child the homeless children that are in the Cleveland Public School District. So they've estimated that there's roughly three thousand children that are considered homeless in Cleveland wow. Public Schools, and what they're looking for is to get one person to quote stand in for each uh homeless student in uh cleveland public schools uh i guess just to kind of like be their representative and just to like show um just how much three thousand kids is um because like if you go to an indians game and there's only three thousand kids there it's gonna it you know obviously it's gonna be totally empty for a uh, place that holds forty thousand people but 
the sheer magnitude of 3,000 kids in one school district. I mean, obviously, That's, it's the, it's the yeah. biggest school district in the state, probably. But uh, the amount of kids that are homeless in Cleveland City schools, public schools, is staggering. Yeah, that's, so that's, they want to actually visualize shocking, that actually, and raise yeah. awareness for that and just to see, you know, what can come of it. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a great event. I'm hoping to be there. Um, but it's it's June 29th from 4 to 7, which I believe is a Saturday. I'm not sure. It is. It is a Saturday. So from 4 to 7, they'll have food trucks there. Um, they'll have, I, I believe, like some sort of like worship music or something like that. Um and then I don't know if they're doing like a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. I think it's a moment of silence, or it could be a prayer. Some, um, some but I'm sort not sure. Mem- mem- yeah. Like. So so, uh, but we'll, we'll post the link to it uh, if you're interested at all and you want to get involved um, and be there. Um, it's uh, www.thecitymission.org/standin. But uh, we'll post that on our social yeah. media and then on our website whenever we get it back up and running. Um, so yeah. Definitely uh, check that out for sure. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, you're welcome, Jordan. All right, we've babbled along long enough. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it as always. Very quickly before we end the show, I, okay. I do want to say a few words about this uh, young woman who tragically passed away at the, during the Cleveland Marathon on Sunday. Oh, oh we didn't uh, get to talk about Taylor, that. Taylor Sipo, uh, this 22-year-old from Medina who was graduate of Akron St. Vincent St. Mary and was a soccer player for Walsh University. Uh, this wow. is somebody who uh, played sports. She's 20, was she was 22. 22. Yes. Oh. Uh, was in very, very good shape and been training hard for this race. And in fact, was 25 miles into the race. She was less than a mile away from the finish when, just for whatever reason, call it, the medical examiner doesn't, hasn't even ruled on it yet. It could have been dehydration, it could have been heat stroke. Who knows? Maybe it could have been something genetic. Um, she ended up collapsing. And and, oh. and the people who run the Cleveland Marathon, um, in all my interactions with them, I've run this race before. They're extremely professional. They, they A lot of volunteers, they're great people. They, they you know, from the expo to the, the marshals on race day, they, they have smiles on their faces. They, they just want you to have this great experience after you've been training for three, four months. Yeah. And... You know the medical staff from university hospitals. They did the best they could, but oh. I mean, this really is a situation. I hate to end the show like this, but no, this but really, I think it's good. To, this to really is a situation it. where you just don't know what can happen. I mean, this could be. This really could be any athlete. It could be football. It could be basketball. Yeah. It could be where I've seen basketball players just collapse randomly and die. It's, it's you weird never know. Every single day, you think every day is just you do the same routine, same thing yeah. over and over again, but you just. You never know when yeah. your time Tomorrow's is up. Never and promised. this is one of right. those cases where, I mean, I know her family, her, uh, all of her the friends, uh, just everybody that knew her from the university and from her hometown. Uh, I just know that they're they're just really struggling right now. And I, I will say I actually have another event shout-out. Uh, the Medina Half Marathon and 5K it actually takes place the week after the Cleveland Marathon. That's oh, on okay. Saturday, May the 25th, just in two days from oh, now. So that's and they, this race is now effectively going to be a giant memorial for oh, okay. Taylor. Okay, that's good. That's, uh, that's... And it's um, it's going to be great, um, I'm sure. I'm, I'm thinking of going down there myself right now. I've actually been struggling with injury for much of the spring, but, yeah. you know, it's, you know, 
that's that's kind of a dark side of of, of sport in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm sure that the race directors at the Cleveland Marathon uh, and at University Hospitals they're going to look at this and uh, they're they're going to do what they can um, in the future to try to prevent something like this. But some things just aren't preventable. Yeah, not not to be like fun. I'm obviously not being funny at all. I truly thought she was like an older like an older lady, maybe who because when I first heard of it, I was like, okay, well that's probably not a young person. You just don't think that, you know? Yeah. That's that's real. That's real sobering. To I, I can say from experience that. that trying to do one of these races is hard as hell. Yeah. When you throw in humidity and heat on top of it, right? And wind too. I mean, you can't come up with a more difficult situation sure. than that. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was warm and humid on Saturday. Yeah. Or Sunday, yeah, right? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. I mean, Sorry. you were talking about, for the people in the front who, you know, Edwin Camayo, who was the men's winner, ran in two hours, 22 minutes, he's off the course by 9.30. It's probably only in the 60s or low 70s yeah. at that point. But these people who are finishing in the back, I don't know exactly what her pace was, but people who are finishing in the back in these 80 degrees and the, the sun just beating down on you, it just makes it all the more difficult. Literally, what humidity does is it takes the free oxygen out of the air. It replaces it with water molecules, and oh, it just right. makes you have to breathe harder. It's just like running at high yeah, elevation. Yeah, it's terrible. But um, is that a is that a good chunk of your post? Um, yeah, I go a little bit more into depth on it, but uh, I, I mean, I talk more about the, uh, not only her but also the the, the winners of the race. Um, I had a little piece on the woman who came in second place her name's sarah horrible she's from right here in westlake um okay so, uh, so you'll be able know, to check that know, out when you know, the is you know we could do because while i'm trying to figure out the website problems we could make a post and just post this article on a post like a facebook post yeah i say we do that in the meantime because i would hate for All this right. yeah no that's fine this is fresh news that's fine know? yeah we just we need to end the yeah. show because no, our, yeah. Yeah. Our, our recording is not very good right now so um Steve, um, we we uh, um, look forward to uh, getting to post that and, and uh, read it. So uh, thanks again for being here with us, Steve. I appreciate it. No uh, problem. Many time, guys. Jordan, thanks for sure. coming back. Yes, sir. Uh, to Jimmy out there, wherever he is, whatever the heck he's doing. Um, hey, what's up? <laughs> but anyway, so for Steve, for Jordan, uh, I'm Dan. Um, And you've been listening to Living Off the Land. We will catch you guys next week. Uh, Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. And uh, have a good one. See ya. Bye. Bye. Now I'm done.